0: chapter 4, that's our Bible reading today. Um, I asked the Lord what what he wanted to say, and he told me, tell my church that my word is alive, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it pierces even to the division of soul from spirit, and joints from marrow, and the thoughts and intentions of the heart are discerned and known. And that's where we're going to start. So, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, verse uh, 11, excuse me, Hebrews 4, verse 11. Just have a few places to go, and then I really want to, us uh, to receive what he's doing in our midst. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. We learn in chapter 3 and chapter 4, if we humble ourselves, today, if we'll hear His voice, we soften our heart so we can have that faith come alive and we can obey Him. If we don't, we harden our heart, which then brings about the disobedience and the rebellion, and then we don't enter in the rest. So it's two chapters, it's just filled with this. And so, having said it one more time, be diligent to enter the rest, then he tells us how. And this is the coolest thing. For the word of God, here's the reason. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So pause and just take for a moment the Bible you own, the, uh, where you, or the, the Bible in your, in your phone, and accept this truth. You do not have to understand the Scripture for it to bring life to you. You do not have to be able to grasp all of it for it to have access with power or its capacity to begin to separate uh, impossible separating places. That's my phone talking to me. Oh, turn your volume down. I like watching the YouTube, so I stay with everybody, but not when it's talking back to me. It's a little delayed. (laughs) So the Bible's alive. The Bible's just alive. It's it's not a book, it's not a newspaper. Newspaper is alive, but it's full of death. It's words of death, words of fear, words of of condemnation, words of accusation. But the Bible is life. Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit and life. The words, he said, flesh profits nothing. And I know we all have to operate in our flesh many ways, so our flesh does profit us in some ways, but it doesn't profit us in kingdom doesn't profit us in, in God's uh, f- complete, having access to do his will. The flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So he says, the flesh profits nothing, but the spirit gives life. And the words I speak are spirit and life. And then he goes on and he says, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So, each of us, no matter where we are, what we do, what we think, we are known, our thoughts are known, our actions are, are recognized. He's in front of us before we thought. We're naked, we're open, we're vulnerable to him. And we are will give an account for our entire journey with him. And that's why we would keep trying to join our journey to his and disengage our selfish or fearful or lust-filled ways back into trust seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses isn't that wonderful he sent the god the son was made the son of man and he walked with us in all our limitations in all all of our limitation he had no uh, other than the purity of his spirit being born from the Father, he was a mortal man. He, was, he had to learn to walk with faith. He had to live in trust. He had, to, he had to learn to hear the voice of God, to obey God. And he went through all the tests that we've been going through yet without sin. So then he gave himself to the Father to be our sacrifice, and now he's been raised up to be our high priest. And what does that mean for us? We can come boldly to the throne of grace. And that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So one of the things that I am witnessing in my life, and I believe is present for all of us in this house, is the oneness that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. That we are one in him and that we a lot of my discovering is not trying to overcome as it is to submit to the truth of what I'm reading as opposed to trying to get to that place let me let me show you one illustration it's in um, Romans 14 or f- no, Romans 15 beginning at verse 1 and I'm sure all of us have experienced that Romans 15 verse 1 it talks about that we're The older we get in the kingdom, the more we have to help others who are learning their way in the kingdom. So we, then, who are strong, ought to bear with the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. That's the love message that we have to live in the midst of, and it's not hard. Just go to the one you're not loving, and that's where you're supposed to practice. It's just you know, it's like that. You know, you know those songs we sang. You know, put me wherever you want. Trust me, he already heard you, and you are where he wants. You, we are where he wants. He just says, shine now. Uh, for even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So we will carry, uh, we will be the one to compensate others who cannot compensate. We will be the ones to give room for others whose opinions they can't yet yield. Will give them a place of expression because they've got to express themselves, even though we, we would much rather express ourselves. It's just that deferring. Then he says, "For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience which is cheerful endurance. Without the cheer, it's not endurance. It's cheerful endurance, smiling while you go through it, and the comfort of the scriptures might have." hope. So these these scriptures, they they carry the capacity to read in the story the journey I'm in, to, to be encouraged and to keep my courage in joy and to have my patience and to let the comfort of the scripture come, and then I can abide and abound in hope. Now, may the God of patience and comfort. So the guy who wrote the book is also the author of patience and comfort. He is the source of all cheerful endurance. And that's all it takes to be an overcomer in the Bible is just to endure wherever you are and what you're going through, to not submit and succumb to the pressure it's putting you through, but to give your voice and lift up your eyes. And like we were told today to say, Lord, I want to glorify you here. I want to lift your name up. And says that we might comfort, grant us to be, no, excuse me, back verse Be patient and comfort, grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. So the testing that we're being put through is the ability to come into like-mindedness toward each other as knowing one another in Christ because of what Christ has accomplished for all of us, to uh, acknowledge that we are all inside the one body. There's just one body, there's one spirit, and there's one hope of our calling. So we don't even have multiple callings that we get to choose or multiple hopes of what we want to go through. We're one hope of our calling, a living body, that you may with one mind or one accord and one mouth glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> you used to look at those and think, God, how would that ever be? Because we're also So caught in our own opinions and feelings and troubles and struggles and dramas and traumas how would we ever become one mouth one mind and I'm beginning to become more and more convinced it's by two factors a Holy Spirit and B the Word of God that we become submitted to and believing in and accepting and receiving and then we all start having the same language, and we all start beginning to be moved by the same spirit. So he then says, what's the purpose in all this? Verse seven, therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. There's a lot of things that are yet to be completed in all, a lot of relationships that we are interfacing Work relationships, home relationships, children relationships. You can be overwhelmed, and I can be overwhelmed by looking at them. If If that's not enough, just go turn on the TV and find out where the world is at. It's just a lot. But that's not how we are to receive each other. We are receiving one another as Christ received us to the glory of God. So when Jesus received us, he is not... Contending over our struggles, He's receiving us into His glory. Glory br- brings transformation; it changes the situation when we can recognize the glory of God is present in this person, and is this person is called into the glory of God, and the purpose of God will be accomplished because of all that Christ Jesus has done. Doesn't matter where they are, who they are, what they're doing, and then you hear what God's saying over them in the Scripture. Everything is in the Scripture, and it's all in Christ. If it's not in Christ, it doesn't matter. You, you, it, 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 it's salvation for all of us, healing for all of us, blessing for all of us, deliverance for all of us. And we, uh, he's not selective. He's not a partial have partiality. He's made it all available. So we are receiving one another. So if you'll go with me two more places, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Take us to a very familiar uh, verse because this will take, take us to the, the, this moment I had on Wednesday that, became that, that opened that whole uh, call to the watchman and, and the intent purpose for which he's calling. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. A lot of this has much to do within the context of relationships and especially those relationships where we find someone has sinned against us or offended us or is is against us in a fashion. And there's this capacity to, to, to bring people out of that offense and into wholeness. But he goes on and he says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, here is practical things. When I read the scripture, I, A, receive them as truth. Whether I understand it or not, I accept it. It is truth, and it has life, and it has power, and it has the ability to perform itself in, my, in myself, so I say yes. And and how can I do it? I don't know, but I just receive it. I just accept it. So, that I accept that if two of us will agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by our Father. And the word agreed is, is, is it's, more, it's intentional. It's something, like I used to always tell everybody, agreement is not compromise. Agreement is a destination you arrive at. And when you're in agreement with your spouse, or when you're in agreement with your children, or you're in agreement as a people with a vision, there is an awareness. We're somewhere that we've arrived. It's not something we forged. We didn't make it through compromise. We didn't pass it like a, one of those bills that go through Congress. No, this was, this was supernatural because agreement is the place of power. Yeah. Agreement is a place of power. But how can we agree with all of the diversity? Like Cammy said, the, the conflict that the world is in, and especially the generations right now, is, is insane. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane, instant communication of anyone's opinion and no one can verify who's saying what and why and where it's coming from. It is influencing influencing people constantly and the way the Lord put it to me back in 2013, he said, uh, the apostle Paul, Saul the terrorist, Saul of Tarsus is your model to meditate and become familiar and have faith for conversion. And I said, okay, he said, to, then he went on to say, when you got saved, all you had was sex, drugs, and rock and roll messing you up. You didn't have Facebook. It's worse. It's worse, why? Because to know what somebody else is thinking about you is, is it, it becomes the fear of man and the praise of man and all of man begins to be the focus of everything. So you could have, ig- you were ignorant of a lot of things. So he said, I'm coming. And I'm going to call people out of their insanity into their identity and and out of their rebellion into their inheritance. I'm going to meet them in the midst of their madness. I'm going to interrupt them wherever they're going. That's what he's doing. And he's done it for some of us already. So I've been meditating that for now nine years. Just every day I, I, I went and I sat in Saul's conversion. I watched it in Acts 9. Then I heard his testimony some 20-plus years later in Acts 22. And then I heard him share it before King Agrippa two years after that in uh, this recognition that it was the, the, the genesis of his entire calling and life mission. And I've watched and listened and I've pondered and i believe believed and all of that's upon us. And I pray for me first. So... Uh, Verse 20, he says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. I am there in the midst of them, which is, again, I believe in that place of agreement, that place of submission, a place of learning, having the language of the the Bible being my place of assignment. So I want to show us one real simple illustration and why I think uh, the the place of God's focus for His future works that He wants to dis, dis, uh, demonstrate in our midst and through us and over us and things we've cried out and longed for and sought after is in the in the place of prayer in the house of prayer, and we have a poss- we have an opportunity because God's calling us up to another place. So in Isaiah chapter. Uh, 62 is where I'd like to begin. The reason prayer does all three of those—binding and loosing, agreement, and presence in the midst and the movement of God in the midst of us—and when we set the little circle up here, and then we people come and go, we're always using Scripture, and then we're always praying out what we're reading. We try not to pray, pray opinions, and we don't pray politics. We don't pray problems. We just pray what God's saying. And there's, there's a lot to be learned, and I want to make sure everyone's feeling the, the power of it. See, Jesus, it, the, I spend a lot, my four, first portion of time with the Lord every day is to acknowledge the truth that he's revealed to me of himself and accept it to be true and to say it large enough and worship and praise Because I know after a moment, a little bit of time, I'll begin to feel it. I'll begin to believe it. I'll begin to think it. I'll begin to even operate from that place. So I know that I don't start with where I am. I start with where he is. Right? So I was made alive together, Ephesians chapter 2. When he was made alive, I was made alive. Before I was even born, I was made alive. One, One time, all of us were. And I, we, I was raised with him. When he was raised, I was raised. When he was seated in the heavenly place, I was seated. So I acknowledge that. I acknowledge my inseparation, inseparableness from the, from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I acknowledge that he, is, he and I are one. I am in him and he is in me. I acknowledge his abundant grace. I acknowledge his, I acknowledge his health. I acknowledge his wealth. I acknowledge that I'm in his health and I'm in his wealth. I acknowledge his joy that's inexpressible, full of glory. He's the most joyful, cheerful man create brought in the entire creation of God. God has poured the oil of gladness upon him more than his companions. So I receive his joy. And I acknowledge that I am in his peace, the peace that passes all understanding, that overcomes the world, that dismantles every fearful thought and anxious ways. And I begin to separate, settle into his love. And I just... Just worship him there. It's not about me. I don't accomplish any of it. I just receive all of it. And it's so impacting because when Saul was confronted by the Lord himself in the glory, he did not address all the terrible things that Saul was doing. He basically said, Saul, you're kicking against your destiny. You're fighting who I called you to be. You need to come back into submission to me. See, Christianity isn't a belief system that some of us do better than others. Christianity is a man. The last I checked, the church without Christ is headless. It's a blob. It's full of... But, but if it's got the head on the body, then we become the fullness of him and fill all in all. So the... the And so if I'm problem-based, oh, I can't work with that person. These people are hard to work with. They're not any good. I don't trust them. They're not any valuable. I don't think they've got the truth. Well, I have just gone against Jesus in massive ways of a posture that he says, no, I've received everyone into glory. I saved everyone. When I was made alive, everyone I brought into life, everyone I raised, everyone I, 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 I sat with me, all they need to do is acknowledge me. And I'm not willing that any should perish. So I'm, I'm waiting longer and longer because I want one more in. One more in. One more in. Like Larry came in. He says, I'm an old man, but now I'm a new man. I said, that's the way I feel every day. I made a new man. Salvation is not something that you got when you got, when you ask Jesus in your heart. Salvation belongs to God. It isn't yours. And there's more of it than you've ever yet tasted. And there's and there's a and in fact, when Jesus returns the second time, he's appearing with salvation. My, it's going to be glorious. So, uh, I purpose to submit myself to truth in the Word. I don't measure how I'm feeling to determine whether it's true. I, in fact, have come to conclude. I need it to be exactly what it says. And I'm, I'm just... And, and the thing is, I learned 12 years ago that promises don't have to be performed for me to gain the benefit of the faith that they gave me. That I can experience them in the Spirit. I can set my mind on things above. I can set my mind on the Scripture. I can begin to imagine the truth that was promised me being fulfilled. And God says, hey... I receive that as faith in you, and I received that for righteousness. And then I can walk about going, hey, I've got the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it just is expansive. You take one little piece of Jesus out that, that is in Scripture, that is of who he is and what he's become, and every provision in the Scripture is because of Jesus Christ. Every need of man is met in Jesus Christ. Every answered prayer is because of Jesus Christ. He accomplished it all. So if I touch one, then the next thing I touch another, next thing another. So I love coming to pray because all of a sudden the dynamic of God starts to move. I never know what I'm going to pray when I come to the Wednesday. I don't come with an agenda. I don't come with a plan. I don't come with a scripture. I just come to be before him. I join other watches that have gone before me, and I begin to get into the feel of the move of the Spirit, and I begin to open my Bible and listen, and I hear people praying and reading scriptures that God opens up a scripture that I hadn't thought about and I hadn't considered, and all of a sudden faith rises because Jesus is in the midst of us. The one thing I can't do, because I go to be alone with the Lord. And I, I believe alone time is priority in this time. If you alone time, so some of us are going to be alone. And if we can't find God alone, we won't find him in a group. Groups are carrying people right now, but there's it comes to knowing the Lord ourselves. And I, I bless God for that. And I and I contend for it. Without it, I couldn't have a great session with intercessors. But When we're together, Jesus walks in the midst of us. And Brian prays a prayer. And he reads a scripture. And I go, well, gosh, where'd you get that? And Jesus says, hey, what about this? Because you heard that. And he's in the midst. He's in the midst. And we're gathering and learning and we're green. So back to, I never got to, back to... (sighs) Isaiah, way, way to go, Barbara! <laughs> All right, for Zion's sake, for the next five verses, let God dream aloud and let God intercede. Let God declare things that you may have not ever begin, seen, but let it begin to impact what God wants to do. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. Now, again, accept this is truth. This is truth. This is truth. Can God do this? Did God say he will, he will stop in, before he gets done? No. He said, I'm, I'm after this. Now, for Jerusalem here on the earth, yes. For Jerusalem in heaven, the mother of us, yes. For, for the new Jerusalem that will be seen in Revelation 21, yes. All of it. I, I'm, 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 I'm intent. God's, God's pulling into the future. He's calling us into our, our destiny. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. They, you shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. But for the new Jerusalem, how about for the new you? Because all Scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable for any of us to encounter the Lord in. What I've learned is the door, is Scripture is a door to walk through, a window to look into. And if I look into it and the Lord says, hey, that's for you, Steve. I go, yeah, it sure is. I received that. How many would like to be called by a new name? You know, a new name. It means I marked you now for a new place and to a new time and so forth. You will be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. Revelation promised all the seven churches was all this. I'm giving you a name. No one else is going to know. I'll let you have my name that nobody else knows. This this, this identity, this constant transformation is taking place. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of our God. And again, Let it be as large as it is to be and let it be as small as God will allow it to touch you and feel that. To be, have a crown of glory. To be God's royal diadem. i will change your self-identity, won't it? Self-worth gets, you know, whoa, I'm loved. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land anymore be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah, and your land, Beulah, for the Lord delights in you. Hepzibah is the Hebrew for delights in you. The Lord delights in you. Beulah is for marriage. And your land will be married. Now, again, you can't, the Bible it will always impact the heart that's reading it. And it will impact the heart to come into agreement. An agreement with God's ability, agreement with God's will, agreement with God's dream. And there's no dream that all of New Jerusalem is going to not experience, but I will myself experience. I come into a new name. Oh, I don't want to be. Won't that be nice not to be termed forsaken and desolate? Seriously. I don't know any believer who doesn't find themselves being forsaken and desolate in the journey into glory. That's why Psalm 73, if you want ASAP, the chief musician in David's tabernacle has to talk about his bout with depression and, and discouragement and despondency as to why in the world are we in the place as the righteous being the being mistreated and why is there seem to be no, no, no justice to the wicked. And, and he, he finally says, if I had spoken these words, I would be untrue to my generation. But to, to, cont- to contemplate it was so painful until I entered into the sanctuary. I don't come here on a Wednesday that my whole mindset of my life, and I know those of you can't be here physically, but you put that, col- consecrate that altar, and you engage and get into your, the spirit, you are on that same corporate anointing. And all of a sudden, I'm married. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted in. And I know my father's delight. And I know my Lord's uh, commitment. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. So, again... I would let these words be God's promise and God's ability and God's truth and God's position of where which all of us individually and corporately are to be known. Married, rejoiced over, fussed over, delighted in. It's just, it's so healing because it's all by Jesus Christ. I'll show you that in one second. But chapter five verses, grace. Now the Lord shifts same 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 intent but he now redirects and says i have set watchmen on your walls o jerusalem they shall never hold their peace day or night Remember he said, for zion's sake i will not hold my peace now he's saying there's a group of people i'm placing as watchmen on your walls a watchman is someone who is paying attention to the words of god what i fear is that we've taken our eyes off the Word of God and we have allowed the world to tell us how bad things are and we begin to be in a kind of defensive mechanism constantly and fearful and we get caught in that whole spirit of the world and next thing you know, we're, pow- we're, un- we're disempowered. When in fact, all we have to do is agree with God's Word. Who will agree with God's Word? See, 1 John 5 makes it very clear that there's a testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And if we will accept the testimony he's given concerning his Son, then eternal life is abounding. Now, but that's, that's not just that Jesus died for my sins and been raised from the dead. It's this living, this what is God has accomplished? What is he doing? Where is he taking us? What's he doing? And I had a surge, an awakening that took me all the way in the next two hours up to Isaiah 65 because of what was happening here. But he said, I've set my watchmen. They're never going to hold their peace, day or night. They won't. And they, you who make mention of the Lord. That was the book of remembrance. That was those who are thinking on the Lord. Those who are meditating on the Lord. Those of us who are going, you know, I just have decided that this is true and I'm going to see it fulfilled. I don't know how far I'll touch it with my hands, but I want to see it in my spirit. And I want to agree. And I no longer want to be, go to the internet to find out what I believe. Dear God, stop that. Go to heaven. Go to the Bible. Ask God, what do I believe? Or as Larry Hicks said, God, his new joke is, God says to any of us, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you because we don't have an opinion other than Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, this is, this is the power of where we're headed because the earth is going to shift in monumental ways because of a living church in agreement with the living Christ and the earth agreeing with heaven. So he says, all right, I place the watchman and they're, they're, you are here to mark me. That's what mention means. It means to mark Means to mark something, recognize something. It's to be there. You who make mention of me, don't keep silent. And give him no rest. Imagine God saying, I don't want you to, I want you to put me in remembrance. I want you to not give me any rest. I want you to hold me in place until I do establish, until I do make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So God just gave us five verses of sovereign will and power to do. And then he gives us two verses and says, but I want to not do it alone. I want some people here that are going to be as tenacious as I am toward my outcome. I want people that will believe me without having to see it. And beloved, that's why the older you get, the more power you have in prayer. Because you see less working. But you can see farther than you ever saw before because you've come to conclude by now that the Scripture is true even if you can't make it work. And you can, start, you, can start, you can start going, Lord, what do you say about America? What do you say about your living church? What do you say? So you've got to learn to ask God what he says. Please. If we agree with things that he's not saying, or he's saying it to somebody, but he's not saying it to you, then we dilute the power of, the, of what agreement was meant to be. It was that I'm just going to do anything and you agree with me on earth. You know, beloved, in, on the earth is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And if I'll agree with what the Holy Spirit's saying in the living word, I and the Holy Spirit will have it. Yes. And that's the power of this. So he says, do, don't do this. And establish it until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Now, I've told you the story. I, I've made a lot of mistakes. Prayer makes me often say things that later I wish I'd never said. Like that song you sang today. Times you wish you'd never sang it. You just, you know, remember the winds blow, let the north wind blow, let the east wind blow. Blow, 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 blow through my garden. Then I'm ravaged by the east winds. I'm wind. Oh my God, please, no more wind. Just get my life back in order. But then the God stirs and he says, he's, he's, he, what is he doing? He's freeing us from the world. He's freeing us from our soul and its demands and its fear and its lust. And we have to learn to live. My new prayer is, Lord, I'm not going to leave trust to entertain my lust. See, lust is the fruit of fear. And fear gets in, it, it gets a hold of me. I got to do something. I got to make that phone call i got to make sure that person doesn't do that. That's all lust It brings forth control. And all control brings corruption. Yeah. But, but love brings forth trust. And trust brings forth forgiveness or freedom or release, which brings forth the glory or the fullness of what God's doing. It's so frightening to my soul. So I made a really bad prayer. I've done it to a lot of things, but I know God made me pray the prayer because he gave me the idea, and I thought, oh, sure, this is cool. I'm, it's, like, it's like the sons of Zebedee, James and John, remember? They had a really good prayer. They stopped Jesus. They got, got him alone. They bowed down. They said, Jesus, we want one thing for you. We want you to do whatever we ask you to do. They want the commitment from the Lord before they ask the prayer. They, want, they really got a plan. He says, well, what do you want me to do? I want you to grant us that in your new kingdom, coming your kingdom, that one of us sits on the right and one of us sits on the left. So Jesus looks at him and he says, Did, are you able to drink the cup I'm going to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism I'm going to be baptized he said, yeah, we can do it. <laughs> See, that's those kind of prayers. They, 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 you're stuck. You, you, he's, he said, well, okay. <laughs> you will drink the cup that I'm drinking, and you will be baptized with the baptism, but to give you the seats next to me are not mine to give, only to whom the Father has prepared them for. So, but this was God's intent because then the, next, the rest of the ten hear about this and they go, what? How did you get there first? How come you're getting the no high favor? Well, and so all the jealousy, the envy, the strife all rises up, and Jesus has to stop everybody and go, wait a minute. You want to be great. You've got to be a servant. You want to be the first. You've got to be the last. You've got to go low because that was the, the man's idea of the kingdom, but it wasn't the kingdom God was giving. So I prayed this prayer, bad prayer to pray. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, Jerusalem is going to be a big project. For you to establish it's going to be i mean it's huge i've been there so many times i know what it's like there it's going to establish it and make it a praise on the earth I said, i got an idea why don't we start with jubilee why don't i pray this prayer over jubilee would you establish jubilee and make her a praise in the earth and i think god said are you able to drink the cup <laughs> are you able to baptize you know Whatever it was, it was... It, but, it, but it started to become a prayer. Lord, I pray, and I'd always pray Jerusalem first. Establish Jerusalem, make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Establish Jubilee, make Jubilee a praise in the earth. And it, it became so much a part of the prayer that, you know, what, 16, 17 years ago, on a Wednesday night, lo and behold, I'm praying that prayer, and the words got mixed up. They became one word, and I said that you would make Jerubilee a praise in the earth. See the word's got the Bible has life. It has power, and it's doing stuff in us whether we know it or not. That's why never stop reading it. Never start speak, Stop speaking it. Never stop believing it. Just let it have its access. And Jan Cuskey and Greg Cuskey were here, and they were on getting ready in their heart to go to Jerusalem and to and to minister after Mac and Kathy were finishing their stint up there. And all of a sudden. I said, that, that Jerubali be a praise in the earth. And the power of God just broke into the room. I mean, it was just like, like this just power of God just broke into the room. And they, they, they got up from the power. Everybody fell down and said, that's what we're going to call what we're going to go do, is the Jerubile Institute. So fast forward. Where are we today? I believe the Lord's looking for those who will agree with him. Not agree with anything but what he's saying. In, it's in his scripture, and it's alive, and it's because of Jesus Christ. Don't agree with the Antichrist. Don't agree with the devil. Don't agree with, with the, the, the fear or angst or any of the things, but just to begin to be a people. And in this room, I can feel you in this room. Jesus Christ is Lord, and he's full of joy, and he's not afraid of anything. And he's seated at the right hand of majesty. And he's king. And he's causing grace to abound in the earth. And he's causing his lordship to be seen. He is king of kings, lord of lords. He is victorious. He's triumphant. And he's calling back all of the prodigals back into his house because he stands ready to receive them. He knows how to bring conviction because he goes after the souls of Tarsus who became way too religious and too zealous and too self-righteous that they fought against the one who was removing self-righteousness and being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But he knew how to get them. I want people, I believe God said, I want people that can prophesy right through the veil of hell that's surrounding men's minds and begin to speak life. And I want people that I can speak to myself. Thank God for all the means of communication, but it has made people lazy. You don't, you've got to hear God. If you don't hear God, then chances are what you're hearing isn't God. How would you know? You see, the skill of the word of righteousness is through practicing it Naked. It's taking the Bible letting it expose me for who I am and where I am and who you are and where you are and choosing. I'm going to believe who you are and where you are, not who I am and where I am. I'll accept my responsibility for being who I am and where I am. The covenant people need to be able to let God deal with iniquities in our lives. He needs to be able to speak into our life and say, you know, you're an idolater. No, I'm not. I'm an American. That's almost the same thing right now. We need a God to can come into that, and we don't, we don't lose our place. So here's the last verse, and we pray. The Lord has sworn by his right hand, Jesus. And by the arm of his strength, Jesus, the intercessor. Surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies, and the sons of the foreigners shall not drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. And those who have brought it together shall drink it in his holy courts. I believe that there is now the time is now and coming where you and I are going to begin to experience the fulfillment of things and not the loss of them. We're going to see things come into fruition, and we're not going to have others take advantage of what we did or, or, or just a few Benefit from the, the work of many, but all shall begin to sit, and all shall begin to rejoice, all shall eat. So, if you'll stand with me, I've gone long enough. Mm. You see, you, you can't be too old to do this. You can't be too young to start. Life is learning to be in his presence, to learn to hear his word, to be submitted to his spirit, to hear his voice, to agree with God, and to disagree with the devil, and to tell our soul to take a back seat when it tries to take the front seat, to cause praise, to rise when it feels like all I want to do is cry, to say mercy's coming, mercy's coming, when all I see is my enemies coming. It's one who can speak and say, the destiny that God has ordained to happen in this hour in the living church of Jesus Christ is coming to life. And it's not through any entity or special ministry. It's through the living body of Jesus responding to the head. The head is taking possession of his body and he's commanding every member to start moving as he ordained for each member to move. Prophesy that. Please hold up your hands. It starts every day with, Jesus, you are Lord, you are Savior, you are my King, I submit myself to you, I return myself to you, I need you. Please tell them that, if that's your prayer, I submit myself to you, I return myself to you, I need you, I believe you, I receive you, Jesus, 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 it's a name we should say more than any other name throughout the day, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you. You're the completion of everything. Lord, I ask you for us, a company, that you would quicken us to become a people that can agree with you. I want to be a watchman. I do not want to be watching the world go its own way. I want to watch you, and I want to be in agreement with what you're saying, and I want to say what you're saying over what you're saying. And I want to say it with the same tenacity and aggressive excitement, anticipation, and hope to which your scriptures give. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We're talking about the kingdom coming. We're talking about the kingdom coming through the living body of his bride, walking in the spirit and in the truth. Grace. 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 Grace and healing, deliverance. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I ask you to forgive us in every area where we've disagreed or come out of agreement with your word and have become an agreement with any and other things like lies, accusations, condemnations. Wherever accusations resting on any member in this house, we declare justification is the word of the Lord over you. You are justified. You're not accused and you are not charged. You're justified, justified. Say, I'm justified. And wherever condemnation is resting on any one of us for any reason, I declare over the truth of that is you are glorified in Jesus Christ. I'm glorified in you, Jesus. I'm glorified in you, Jesus. And wherever that charge is against someone we love, someone we care for, someone we walked with, and or that condemnation's resting on someone, it's time we rather than agreeing with the condemnation and the charge, we say, Lord, you justified everyone. You brought forth the capacity for everyone to be saved and everyone to come alive. And glorification has the impacting power like it did to Saul of Tarsus. Shababa. You see, you can't declare the word without prophecy soon coming. Mm. So just the best we have to start with is ourself. Lord, visit me in all your beauty and all your glory. Take off the burdens and the struggles. I worship you. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in and worship him. Praise him worship him worship him say his name jesus come on in don't wait for me come on in i'm coming in jesus your blood has given me boldness oh yes i'm coming i come to see you you're my high priest you're over me holy holy bless your name i'm coming in everybody use your mouth it's got to be connected to your heart let your heart believe let your mouth say SHALAMA YALAMA We're returning to the Lord with words, words that he'll listen to himself. Jesus, your Lord. You are glorious, victorious, triumphant, my God. You are glorious, victorious, triumphant, my Christ. You are glorious, victorious, Triumphant, my Christ. You are glorious, victorious, triumphant, my Christ. I'm not singing that because I feel it. I'm singing it because I want to see it in my spirit. glorious, victorious, triumphant, my Christ. I just wanna release for you two things. Please go on the website, give us, ask the Lord, what watch can I be a part of and how can I do it? And get, let us know about that. Secondly, I wanna release the grace of prayer upon your day tomorrow. So that when we practice, you'll be like I am. I ought to start where Jesus is because of who Jesus is. That's why I'm where Jesus is. And I'm going to use truth in the Word and the Spirit of God to make it alive. Believing heart, and speaking mouth, I'm going to engage. So, Lord, right now I ask for the grace that rests upon Jubilee Church, upon many of our members and all of our destiny, as a house of prayer for all nations, that the call to commune with you, to talk with you, to pick up your story to become our story, to learn your words to become our words, To learn your truth, to become the truth that we submit to and live under. To hear and see Jesus and allow that majesty of him to take the full occupation. I bless us, I bless us, I bless us with this engagement until there is a break, until the moment of connection. I ask that every one of us tomorrow will have a connection that we'll go, whoa, that was, that's something just lit right there. That's something that happened and I wanna have it happen again. In the name of Jesus, for every living member of the body of Jubilee, that's the body of Christ, come and do it and do it beyond online and all throughout the world in Jesus' name, amen.